Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 90 of the Curtain Call Podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network President of Production and Programming and Executive Producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle, Producer Dan Bassone. Really doing all the hard work. He's with us as well. And again, a quick reminder, if you are not already doing so, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the latest episode and everything we have cooking here on Curtain Call. John, lots to cover. The Yankees were in and out of an offensive drought. The injuries and underperformance and the depth issues, it led to some ugly games. But then they responded a bit. And we've seen some good signs at the plate lately from the Yankees. Aaron Judge is back. That always helps. Uh, But the offense seems to be in a better spot as the Rays come to town for four this weekend. What do you think as we enter round two of Yanks and Rays? Um, I was actually encouraged a lot by round one of Yankees and uh, Rays because I actually thought with a with a break with a little luck the Yankees could have could have actually swept Tampa Bay because uh, they were they were very competitive in the two games that they lost and the one game that they lost was kind of like a, I can't believe they lost that game I mean, you have your ace on the mound you know that, that that's as close to chalk as it's going to get and it didn't turn out like that so I mean, that's a game, obviously, that they should have won. And even actually the first game of the series, I thought they should have won that game as well. So the Yankees have nothing in terms of playing the, the Rays toe-to-toe, playing them, you know, strength to strength. The, the Yankees have nothing to fear. I mean, the Yankees can, can go toe-to-toe with them. And uh, if you had any doubts, just look at the series in Tampa Bay, by the way, a place that always has been a house of horrors for the Yankees. So the Yankees played them really well there. They, 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 some luck didn't go their way. and uh, But but had luck on their way, they could have swept them. But... but that's the, the luck has nothing. Look, look, luck's the residue of the design, as Branch Ricky used to say. And uh, the reality is, they didn't sweep them. We won one of three. And uh, but th- that just makes the urgency. And there is some urgency if you want to win the division, and you're still you're still way too early to give up on that. And yes, it's it's not going to be easy because there are a lot of games out, but they they have a shot. They they still have a, a good shot at it. You can't you can't throw in the towel. It's way too soon. And uh, so if you're the Yankees, you look at this as a, an opportunity. You know, you, you don't play as many games as you used to be. It was used to be, what, 19 games you played against the yeah. teams in your division? Now it's like, what, six, uh, what is I it, believe it's 16, 13 uh, right no, now. It's a, yeah. 13. It's 13. That's right. It's 13 games you play against everybody who's in your division. So that's less of an opportunity. And those, those games, each game is a two-game swing. You know, the, 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 the when you play someone in your division. So that's all gone away. So the the urgency to win those head to heads, you know, is becomes you know that much more dramatic and that much more uh, tangible and that much more important. Yeah, and for me, I look at the schedule coming up. Uh, you have four here with the Rays, then you have four with the Blue Jays in Toronto. This eight game stretch is crucial for those reasons that you just mentioned. Fewer games means fewer opportunities to make up some head to head ground on either side. Uh, again, the biggest thing I'm looking at here is the schedule and. For me, for the Yankees, it's just get to June in good shape because the Yankees will have the same amount of off days in the first two weeks of June as they'll have had up until June 1st. You think about that. They had four total off days from the start of the season through May 31st. The beginning of the season, definitely not when you want to have that 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 grueling part of your schedule that pops up every year for each team, but you can't change that uh they knew that going in especially uh after that stretch there's way more routine off days on the schedule and i think that matters a lot uh there's no chance to breathe right now so it does not allow them to kind of reset themselves but no one's gonna feel sorry for you 
Um, no one's going to feel sorry for that workload or their injuries. That's why I think this this current stretch here, eight straight against Tampa Bay and Toronto, will be huge for their chances at winning the division. And just because of the the way the Rays have started and the stiff competition that we're seeing in the division, I think it is really short-sighted for some fans to believe, well, forget the division now. No, the division is still winnable, and the division matters. It does. Just because there's an expanded playoff field, I really believe the division still matters. What do you think? Uh, of course, absolutely, because your division gives you home field, and home field is important. No, it's it's absolutely important to have, uh, uh, to, and, you know, so we get a buy possibly, you know, so those things matter. I mean, they matter a great deal. And uh, that's why you want to win the division if you can win it. And it's very, it's, it's, it's still, look, the Yankees could win the East. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't dig themselves an enormous hole here. This is an enormous hole. To win. Don't make any mistake about it. It's, it's a big hole they put themselves in. But they have, they, they have the talent when healthy. They have the talent to dig themselves out of it. And, you know, I, I'm impressed with, with Tampa Bay impresses me. I I, I, I want to say I don't know why. I know that sounds ridiculous because I look at their players. I look at I look at how they play. I look at how well managed they are. I look at the I look at how fundamentally sound this team is. I look at the how everybody has a role and everybody plays to their role and they and they execute the you know to the to their capabilities and the, and they check egos at the door and they do all the things you have to do to win and they do it without a name brand and I sit there, sort of sit there and say like it's amazing how well this team is constructed and how well they play they play and so they had a really good baseball team don't make a mistake they're really good but you know i think toronto is really good too i we haven't really heard from them yet you know they've been they've had uh, they've not been playing up to their capabilities i don't think either uh where the yankees haven't really been playing up to their capabilities yankees have injuries toronto i don't know has that many injuries about i don't think they have that many injuries i just think they're not just not playing up to their capability I think they will. Both teams will start to play up to their capability. They just—it's a long season. How many teams we could do this all day? How many teams have started the season and they were favored to win something or other else, and you, you find they get—they get to May, they get to June, they get to whatever, and they are nowhere. And then all of a sudden they, they turn the Jets on and they find themselves in the playoffs. Or in the case of the Washington Nationals a few years ago, mm-hmm. they got to a terrible start. They wanted winning the World Series. It's all possible. I don't know what's probable, but I know—I know what's possible. And and the Yankees certainly have a, the possibility to still win the East. It's we have way too many games left. There's way too many things on the schedule left. And and Tampa Bay, let's face it, even great teams hit cold spells. Every great team will hit a cold spell. Even a bad team, the Oakland A's, which were not a good team, they will they will hit a hot streak somewhere. They'll win a couple of games, and you know we'll compare them to a, a hot streak for them, and because that's the way the game is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the Yankees have the uh, the uh, Rays have not gotten really cold yet. And Jay's had had some cold spells, but not not the race. They'll hit one. They they may hit more. So I still think that the Yankees have a very good chance to to hang in there and 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 really make some noise. And you know, listen, the the main thing though is to get to October. When you get to October, you win the division. That's great. That helps you. That's a handicap that you it's that you can do without this nice not having the home field and all the things that go with home field and the buy and everything else. So that's kind of a handicap. But when if you have that, that's great. But the reality is, at the end of the day, if you don't have it, you have to make do with what you have. And the wild cards are there. There's, there's three of them. So, you know, the Yankees have a real good chance to make the playoffs. And you can't win the dance. You can't win the party. You can't win. All my mixed metaphors here. You can't mix. You can't win this unless you're in it. So that's the main thing. You got to get in. 
the Rangers at the time of this recording, they're 29 and nine. They're on a, a win pace, and this is an accurate math, but it, it's roughly like 120 wins. The regression to the mean is coming. Uh, there, there's, it, it is highly, highly unlikely that we will not see that. It's just the natural flow of the season. And if it doesn't come, we'll get, guess what? Then there, we're going to be having a conversation about this race team being one of the best of all time. Don't see it happening. The regression to the mean is coming for everybody. The Jays have lost seven of 10. And I think that makes next week's series in Toronto extra juicy between uh, the Yankees and the Blue Jays for the reasons we were talking about before. Fewer games. It matters now when you're catching your ALEs foes at the certain time that you're playing them. It matters more. So if the Yankees, despite how they are playing after this race series, if they're catching the Blue Jays on a bit of a cold spell, hey, uh, again, no one's feeling sorry for any team at what point they're playing one another. It it It, it is going to matter even more. Uh, you know, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. That's going to, that just sticks out even more here over the course of a regular season. It, it, it's very true. And um, yes, it, I mean, you, you have to look at this. Everything has, I always talk about having to view everything in the aggregate. And the Yankees, all the Yankees have to do, all they have to do, like this is easy, it's not going to be easy, but they have to just win. You, I mean, way too many games left, way too many months left, way too many injuries to to, to, to be overcome all at once. They, these, they're going to get their team back piecemeal. Like, I mean, look, look at the difference Harrison Bader's made mm-hmm. since he's come back. I mean, you know, it, it, so I'm, and I'm not saying that if he had been here the whole year, he would, you know, he would be the, the second coming of Ruth. You know, I, I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that he's a really good player and he really makes a difference. Having him in that lineup makes the Yankees a much better ball club having him in it than not having him in it. So, you know, you, you could look at this, but but, this, but why the Yankees just have to keep winning? Right now, you've got everybody kind of in front of you. And and so you look at these teams, and I'm not saying that they're great teams, but, you know, but the, the Rays are playing like a great team. And, and Toronto, I still believe, will play like one, although they're, they're not there yet. The Orioles are much, much improved. They keep getting better and better, and they're coming. And they got some really good young talent in the game. So the best names, the best young talent in the game, you know, wearing Oriole uniforms. And so they're 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 going to be hurt from for a long time in a big way. And the Red Sox, who everybody counted out, just said, yeah, they're going to they're going to rebuild. It's quiet. Everybody knows they're rebuilding. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're going to be terrible. Or whatever. Well, they're not terrible. You know, I mean, for a rebuild team to be five hundred, be a little better than five hundred. Is, is good. <laughs> That's really good, even, even at this early juncture of the season. So they've got talent. They don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know where the pitching is coming from, but it's coming from someplace. Somebody's pitching for them and they're doing well. Because they're pitching. I don't get this at all, but that's just me. But, uh, but they're scoring runs and they're certainly uh, playing decent defense. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're playing probably above, above way above. They're, they're great. But, but you know what? It doesn't matter. These teams are all winning. And they're all in front of the Yankees. So the Yankees can't on any given day with the with the division being so close, you're gonna gain you win, you know, you gain you gain on somebody, or if you lose, you lose to somebody. Everybody's gonna gain or lose because you cannibalize the division is cannibalizing itself. They're playing each other, and all kinds of stuff goes on when you play each other too. So the uh the Yankees just have they can't focus on this. You just have to focus on winning, getting your people back, get healthy, and just try to put as many wins together as you can. And that's winning will take care of it. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. If you win, it takes care of every lot of bills. Just keep winning. That's what they have to do. They, they started, played Oakland. I know, I know Oakland's not a great team, but everybody has to play Oakland. And that's why they're there. Some of these teams are, are not well, they're not good teams, 
But the reality is you have to beat those teams. You have to make sure if you want to be a playoff team, you've got to make sure you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that's the team you're supposed to beat. You know, you mentioned Harrison Bader's name a few moments ago, and it got me thinking. Uh, I was at the welcome home dinner last night, and Michael Kay and Susan Wallman and John Sterling did a fantastic job in uh, introducing and emceeing this event. But Michael... When they were introducing some of the Yankee players on this team, the, there were several local players from the tri-state area, and he was talking about, hey, when dreams come true. He, he did a really nice job uh, correlating and making connections to, to to players with local ties. Always curious from a TV angle here, and this is why I like asking you these questions, from, from a TV perspective, a marketing angle, does it mean anything when you have players like Anthony Volpe and Harrison Bader, Ron Marinaccio, they all grew up in the tri-state area rooting for the Yankees, and now they're performing as well as they are for their boyhood teams. Oh, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's, when that happens, it's great to say. I mean, there's a couple of things that, that are great about having a, like a, a, someone grow up in your in your uh, neighborhood and in your own backyard and they become a, they play for the team that the, they idolized as a child or a team that's uh, from their geographical area. I mean, I think that that's, that's awesome. And uh, it, it does uh, give a, the branding people and the marketing people and it's a, a good hook to, to brand and to market. And, but also the fans relate to it because you're from the area and, the, you know, there's a, there's a similar culture that's and a history that they, they, they have and they bond and they join and they share. And I think all that is awesome. I think that gives you lots of opportunity to, uh, to uh, call your homegrown really uh, homegrown because they truly are. Truly are. It's a great thing when that happens. Are right, we were weighing the chances of the Yankees still being able to win the division, but there's uh, a key piece that that is out right now, and they've dealt with a whole host of injuries. They are getting multiple players back. Feels like Giancarlo Stanton is uh, potentially a few weeks away, but on the pitching end, this team signed Carlos Rodon to fortify and strengthen a rotation to kind of get them over the top, uh, especially in the postseason as that solidified number two behind Garrett Cole. And there's a lot of chatter about Carlos Rodon's status. Can the Yankees forget about what it'll look like in October, but can the Yankees win the division if we don't see Carlos Rodon until the later months of the season? It's going to be difficult for the Yankees to win the division without Rodon. It's going to be difficult. I mean, he's a very important piece to that rotation. I mean, you see what Gary Cole means to the Yankees, that ace at the top. And, you know, if you're going to win, if you have eyes on a championship, you really have to have, I mean, I don't know any team that's won a championship in recent memory that doesn't have, have really great pitching at the top of the rotation. You have to have depth, too. You have to have a lot of things. You have to have pitching, period. But you really have to have a great one and two. Because those are those are the pitches you're going to see the most in the playoffs. So obviously the number one spot and the number two spot, and most now a lot of teams just go with three starters in the postseason, and and obviously the third starter sees less less times in the rotation than the one and the two. So you're going to see them a lot, and they've got to be effective. And this you know again it's 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 a small, small series. Four out of seven is a usually four, is, a, is a small series, and you know your best chance to win obviously is not only with with pitching but with dominant pitching. And Rodon, when right, is is a dominant pitcher. Cole, when right, is a dominant pitcher. 
So that gives the Yankees, that would give the Yankees two very solid pitchers at the top of the rotation, therefore giving them an excellent chance to win any matchup, any series, and, and any, and, and, and by the way, to go very deep in any postseason because of those two starters. But if you're missing one of them, obviously your chances go down exponentially. So the Yankees need, you really need him. They were counting on him, they, a lot of their plans. He was their big offseason acquisition. Sonny Judge was the, was the priority, but the big season acquisition, it, it, uh, uh, off-season acquisition was Rodon, so that he's got to win, and he's got and he's got to be got to be able to perform at the level the Yankees anticipate that he would, and are paying him to to perform at, and he's got to be able to do that. Now, whether he comes back or not, I don't know. I don't know. We have all kinds of stories about the nature of the century. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just saying that the, the Yankees have their work cut out for them if he does not come back. It's going to be really hard for them to win a division. You know, it may be it may be even hard for them to make up to a, one of the wild cards without him. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't do it. Uh, we've been talking about how they can do it for the, the first uh, 20 minutes of this uh, that we've been talking about on our podcast today. So, you know, yeah, I mean, of course they can do it. I mean, but, but the reality is it becomes harder. The, every task the Yankees are faced with, every challenge they're faced with becomes harder without him. There are other pitching staffs around baseball that are dealing with, with some hardships too. Uh, Tom Verducci of SI, he, he wrote an article recently just – documenting the like the the velocity increase over the last decade or so and how so many pitchers are throwing triple digits now it you don't even blink twice at it but he said along with that skyrocket to triple digits the injuries have just gone up exponentially as well last year only 51 percent of pitchers in the big leagues stayed healthy like pitching could be more unhealthy than smoking it's it is absurd. <laughs> and and the Yankees have their pitching injuries. Every team has their pitching injuries. One in particular, though, is a team that we think of as a, a pitching factory, maybe just an overall factory of death, because it seems like the Houston Astros, when they lose a piece, they know exactly where to pluck the the reinforcement from. But they lost two key pieces of their rotation recently. Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, they are both out for extended lengths of time. Garcia is done for the season because he needs Tommy John surgery. This is a team that also lost Justin Verlander in free agency. Is Houston more vulnerable now than they ever have been over the last five years or so? Yes, they're more vulnerable than they've been at any time over the last five years. But I would not, I would not go anywhere near counting them out. Uh, they've got great resiliency. As you've seen through the years, uh, when when every time there's been a knock or a problem within the organization or the, the, the team has struggled in whatever capacity, they find a way to win. They find a way to overcome their challenges. They they are a smart organization. They are among, if not the smartest, they are among the smartest uh, baseball sort of uh, uh, IQ and EQ groups uh, in, in the game. They are they know um, they know how to win. They know how to put a team together, and there's nothing you can throw at them that will, will, will be a knockout punch to them. They find a way to figure out whatever their difficulties are. They face them, they overcome them, and they persevere. That's what they do. That's what they have done. And that's what I don't know that they'll continue to do that because these are major. You can't lose two major p- pitching pieces like that. Those are really, those are really, you know, pieces you can't lose. And particularly, you're talking about winning in the postseason where you need at least two at the top, and then they probably three, to, you know, would, would be helpful, three solid starters and a deep bullpen. So, you know, they, they find a way, like I said, to figure it out. 
but but they're really going to have their work cut out for them now. They got challenges ahead of them, and and uh, the injuries. I mean, don't forget Altuve's out too. So you know, there's a lot of problems that this team has right now. They're not the Houston Astros that we've come to know, and I don't we'll use the word love. We'll leave that word out. No and uh, and uh, no. How about that? We know and know them. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, but but you know, but dude, again, they have their work cut out for them for sure. Is there a team in that AOS that that surprises you for good, bad, or indifferent? I mean, you have the Rangers right now. They've been in first place pretty much all season after all the additions they made in the offseason. The Angels are performing pretty well right now, but we've kind of seen this move before with them early on in the season. The Mariners got off to a struggling start when everyone thought that they would pose the biggest threat to the Astros. So I don't know how closely you're monitoring the ALS, but um, any anything that, that sticks out to you there in terms of uh, contenders, pretenders? Well, you could say contenders because everybody's kind of bunched up near the top. I mean, you could say the Rangers are in the first place and you wouldn't be wrong, but you can also say, like, look at the record. The record is one of extreme, you talk about mediocrity in terms of record. These records are not jumping out at you. The Angels' record doesn't jump out at you. None of these records jump out at you. They're strong records. And you sit there and go, wow, wow look at the records this team has. It, they're, they're really a byproduct of mediocrity is what it is right now. But you're talking about teams who are, other than Seattle, teams, the Angels have been, to call them mediocre in the last four, five, six, seven years, whatever it's been, is really paying them a compliment. They, they, haven't, they haven't been mediocre. And the Rangers have been dreadful for many years. And so you look at them and say, where's that coming? The Mariners have shown huge improvement last year, major improvement last year. And now they've kind of re- re- regressing, you know, backwards. So I, you know, it's hard to sit there and say that, the, 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 you know, the, the, here's what's important. The, the, they're, they're all so closely bunched together, like the American League East. These teams will, you know, again, put, putting Tampa Bay aside for a second. Those other teams are so bunched together. That you know, that you know, one win, one loss, a win, a loss, a win. Nobody's going to run away from anybody in there. Maybe put Tampa Bay aside for a second because of they, they, their record, but everybody else is sort of really bunched right, right together. And you look at the, you look at the West; those teams are bunched together. Mm-hmm. So I mean, because the spread isn't that big from top to bottom. So you, you say to yourself, okay, I mean, other than obviously the, the A's who are like you know <laughs> working on the, uh, they're working uh, on it. I, <laughs> They're working on it. That's a good way for it. Thank you for helping me out there. They're working on it. So, you know, there's, um, again, but again, it's so early and nobody's gone on a run yet. I mean, if, if the Texas Rangers may be in first place. Is that is that their run? Is that the best they're capable of? Maybe it is. Maybe this is their run. Maybe they're really not good at all. And this is their run. You don't know that. The Angels, maybe they're really not good at all. And this is their run. Because the rest of the season may not treat them kindly because I don't know where all the talent is. You know, I don't. You know, but but the reality is that they are. They seem to be better on pay. Now, if you're the Rangers and you got Degrom, you lose Degrom for any extended period of time, and you, know, you could there, and he has been hurt. So, you know, you look at that, and you say, man, that's they can't sustain that loss because that's why they got him. They got him to be that 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 ace at the top, and he's really, you know, and uh, he's capable of it if he stays healthy. But again, staying healthy, staying on the field, all, a lot of these teams injuries really play a big part in it. Staying healthy, staying on the field. I'm glad you mentioned that because that leads me into the next name on my list here. The the New York Mets and the NL East I thought was going to be maybe just as competitive and tight as the AL East. So far, it really hasn't been. It's been the Braves and the, the field. Uh, the Mets, the Phillies, even the Marlins, like they're all hovering around 500. And we did not expect the Mets to be performing at a 500 level 
in the middle of May here. Uh, but with the Mets, a lot of attention centering around Max Scherzer. Uh, it's not looked good. They had to scratch him from this week with some back issues. I'm wondering what are the Mets if Max Scherzer isn't the Scherzer that they expected to pair up with that one-two combo along with Justin Verlander. They're in trouble is what they are. I mean, I mean again, they, they certainly can contend for, for wild card. They certainly are contending for a wild card that will continue to, to, because there was a lot of talent on that team, despite the fact that, that they have pitching woes. They still have talent on that team. Don't forget they lost their closer too. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are major, major losses. And the Braves are the Braves. And anybody who doesn't think so, then you, you tend, you're, not, you're not paying close attention to what they have done as an organization. How they've signed so many, particularly their pitchers, how they've signed so many of them up, you know, prematurely. When I say prematurely, they didn't have to. They weren't arbitration eligible. They weren't free agent eligible. They were none of those things. And yet they went out, they signed them. They, they went out and they, they made the, uh, the, the necessary investments to keep them, to keep these players on the field that they needed to have. And, 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 and to tie them up for, for years to come. I think they did an amazing job. So you look at that and, and barring a catastrophic uh, slew of injuries to, to, to their pitchers, you know, you got Kuna too. Yeah, him sign a long term too. And he's yep. one of the, the three or four best players in the game. So you look at the talent that they have, the young talent that they have, the dominant young talent that they have. And so it'll be, it's going to be hard to compete with them on any level, anybody for a really long time. You know, barring, like I said, some catastrophic injuries. And if they had one or two of them, they, they must have seven or eight of these players signed. The pitchers, the, the, the everyday players, they've got a lot of a lot of really great talent under contract for a really long time. That's going to make them really hard to beat. And by the way, it's a, it's kind of a template for some other organizations to look at, I think. You know, I mean, it's a, there, is, there, is, there, is, there is some, it's sometimes it's good to be prudent and to wait and not to jump ahead. But sometimes, you know, if you see you've got really great young talent, really great young talent, and you say, boy, I really, we can't afford to lose this guy. We got to tie him up. I've seen one, two years of him. That's enough. I don't need to see five or six before we, we act on it. You go and you do it. I mean, I think that's probably prudent. I would say when you're going to be paying Ronald Acuna like less than $20 million for the next couple of seasons, yeah, you from from a team perspective, uh, you did a good job. Uh, the player obviously has financial security still, but uh, he is vastly underpaid. Uh, but it's the the model that they agree to. Um, for the Mets, you mentioned their closer problem. One name kind of popped in here. If I'm going to throw like the the trade game in, into play here, uh, how about the Mets maybe acquiring a guy like Aroldis Chapman, who's off to a pretty nice start for the Royals? If we're going to do some early trade season prognostication, looks pretty good. Just pull up his numbers here. Uh, appeared in 14 games. Has only allowed five runs. 20 strikeouts, six walks. Well, Chapman back to New York? It's possible. Um, I mean, I know the Mets looked at him last year. We're looking at him when, uh, as a, even though they had Diaz to close, they were having trouble at the back end of the game. By that, I mean the seventh and eighth inning, they were having trouble last year. And they saw, I think they looked at Chapman as someone who might be able to fill that role for them. I mean, if, if he could pitch and he could be dominant, in the seventh or eighth inning, or eighth or whatever eighth inning is set up guy to a closer, then, then I mean that's what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. But now you don't have a closer. You, well, you're struggling. So he could be. Could he be that closer? Absolutely. It's found his way again. You know, a lot of a lot of what happened with him was is in his head. You know, some the distractions and things. A lot of things are driven by 
things in his head. So, because uh, he's an interesting guy, and uh, and sometimes he gets distracted. And when he gets distracted, he's not the same player. But you know, having said that, he's certainly somebody to look at. And if you're the Mets, it probably wouldn't cost you very much come the trading deadline to go go get Chapman. And I think they might do something like that. He's possible, sure. Uh, the bets also inked Gary Sanchez to a minor league deal, and they have some catching depth issues at the moment. So uh, that would be a sight. Subway Series, I think, coming up next. The, the first first uh, stint of the Subway Series this season coming up next month. Can you can you imagine Gary Sanchez in the Mets lineup? <laughs> be Gary something. Sanchez and Chapman at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> that would really be something. That would be very uh, good. That yeah, something. I have no I, words I, for that. Yeah, no I don't have another that. adjective other than you know it would be something. Yeah, um, I have no words for that. No, no. All right, as we get ready for this big four game weekend set with the Yankees and the Rays, and we wrap this one up. Uh, what should we land the plane with, John? Well, it's important that I mean, obviously, the Yankees. I mean, if they have aspirations and they do, of still coming back and winning the division, they can't really. You can't fall much further back. Uh, if you split the four games, you've held serve, but you have the home court because it's in your park. And so did you really? So and the Yankees, the fact, because they lost the last series, if they could win this series, look, if the, if the Yankees win three or four, okay, so that makes them three and one here, and last, last time they were what? They were one and two. Right. So you put, what is, what is that? What is, so that's okay. I mean, if you put that together, that, that that's pretty respectable, mm-hmm. but you have to win the series. So, if they do that, I think that they'll, uh, you know, uh, that that puts them in, in an interesting spot. Again, you can't look at this at these with these win totals or these games behind. And it, 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 I keep using the word the aggregate. You can't look at it in the aggregate. You have to look at it's a really long season. It's a really long season. And pick up, just keep winning. Don't look ahead of you. Don't look behind you. Don't look anywhere. Just look at who's who you're facing on the mound. That's what you have to look at. You have to focus on every game. Each individual game, each individual day, you know, because it, it's too much to to deal with right now. It's too much of a of a, of a bite to have to take out of the apple. Don't do it like that. Just look at what you have to do. Focus on the task at hand. You need to win, and if you win, it'll take care of itself. Keep winning series; it'll take care of itself. The Yankees could climb right back into this, even in terms of the division, but they've got to keep winning and they got to keep focus. You can't because again, everybody's too bunched up in their division, particularly. And they're too far behind Tampa Bay right now. Because if you sit there and go, well, we're not, we're not we're nine, we're not eight, and then, no, you can't do it like that. It's just it's just too much for your brain to for, for the collective brains of anybody to absorb. You don't want to do it like that. Just go win. Do the best you can, go out and play, play the hardest you can, hopefully you win. You win, it takes care of everything. It's it's very simple. It's a very simple formula, but it works. One game at a time, one day at a time. Uh attack yeah. the uh task at hand that's right in front of you each day. I think you just again I'm in, totally in lockstep with you. Just just one game at a time, and we'll see what happens in this early, very early portion uh, of the season. All right, that's going to wrap it up for, for this edition of Curtain Call. Please, again, like we mentioned, please subscribe to the podcast if you are not already doing so, so you do not miss a single episode that we are putting out here along the baseball season as we chronicle the New York Yankees and everything else going on around Major League Baseball. Oh, John, one more thing. Uh Non-baseball related. You into the Knicks? You into this postseason run at all? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, that was really quick. Uh, Appreciate that. (laughs) All right, John. That's going to do it here. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Are you into the Knicks? 
No, I'm a Nets fan. Well, I am too, but I mean, but I, but I, you know, but if we say into the Knicks, I mean, I've been fascinated to watch it. Yeah, um, I I appreciate the energy and the atmosphere that they bring this time of year to that building and to their fan yeah. base. Yeah, and I'm into that. Um, I. I, I don't believe, you know, they stack up against the, you know, the Bostons and who, whomever's coming out of the West. So I, I just, I, no. I don't see it. You know, it's very, impro- it, it, it's a improbable run already. I don't see it lasting. So I can't get too caught up in that, but I do really appreciate the garden energy in the spring, whether it is the Knicks or the Rangers, there's something about that, the way it captures the energy of the city. I love all of that, but um, the that, that's the, the extent. Building, though. The Barclays Center is a great building to go watch uh, to watch a basketball game or to go for a, a, a concert. Mm-hmm. The Barclays Center is great, so I don't want to mitigate the Barclays Center, but I will tell you, you're right. The Garden is just it's, it's the Garden because of its history, its legacy. Right. I mean, and 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 you know, it's you know, the, the the Nets don't have that history and legacy because the building is ten years old. It's not doesn't have the age that the Garden has. But but having said that, the Garden is a special place for sure. Too. The garden's the garden. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd like to see it continue, but uh, I definitely have doubts. But, um, yeah. The... I have nothing but doubts, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Big series for the Yankees coming up here at the stadium this weekend against the Rays. That is going to wrap it up here for this edition of Curtain Call. For John J. Filippelli and our terrific producer, Dan Bassone, this is Justin Shackle. Again, please subscribe if you're already doing so, and we'll talk to you next time on the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys.